0: If the Bucks
1: could secure Jameis Winston for, let's say, $25 million, would he be their first choice no matter who is behind door number two? And if Jameis Winston has played his worst games at home, how much does this factor into their decision to keep him? Would the Bucks be crazy to draft a running back with their first pick this year? We've got all your mailbag questions answered 100% correctly on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, the, uh, the, the amount of interest in the quarterback position, Jameis Winston locally in particular, uh, all over the NFL is, is raging. It's going to continue. There's probably more questions than answers at this point. But I think we can give some insights and, and some ideas of what the Bucks are thinking, at least based on our, our conversations with Bruce Arians, with Jason Light, with others around the league. So oh, let's get started.
0: All right, we'll start with Jen DeWin who asked, As a reporter – do you already have a Tom Brady piece already written? If he decides to come to Tampa,
1: All right, I got to stop this podcast now because I got to go write a Tom Brady piece that I forgot I need to have ready. That's actually a very good question, and the answer is, I will right after I'm done here, <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> because it's now on my to do list. You know what's funny is we do prepare things. I mean, it's not quite like you know the obituary page. <laughs> we haven't decided like you know who's in the Deadpool or anything. Um, but there will be a day when uh, you know when according to my sources Adam Shifter might announce before anybody else that Jameis Winston is on his way here or Tom Brady is on his way there and we have to be prepared. So it's it's a good question. So a little inside baseball. Yes. Yes, we will have uh stories or at least like, like,
0: do you have like? Would you have a whole story already written, or just kind of a, a framework of? No, I
1: would. I would probably. I would probably have close to. it. Well, I would do a couple of things. I'd have what was what was basically a blast, or so was basically a quickie story, right? Which could could be anywhere from five to fifteen graphs on just, oh my gosh, the Bucks have, have signed Tom Brady. Can you believe it? You know, mm-hmm. and and we could post that and get it out right away, just like a newsflash. Boom, bulletin. You know, kind of the old AP ticker type deal that they used to have years ago, um, but then I then then we would have to also have sort of in the can on the event that that would happen. Um, other items, you know, like Tom Brady's career highlights, like uh, reaction. You know, we'd have to then have to seek reaction. Obviously, uh, you know, um, quarterbacks with the Bucks through the years. You know, um, just just whatever would come to mind with respect to Brady. And, uh, and, and the Bucks and, you know, I mean that it seems surreal, right? Like we're even talking about this, but I suppose it could happen at least, at least the bucks are one of the 31 other teams he could talk to. So yeah, the answer is we do a lot of work that never sees the light of day. I remember, uh, you know, Brett Favre was available for a trade years ago and the, the, you know, the Green Bay Packers were going to deal him either here or to the New York Jets. And we had all that prepared, you know. A lot of our best work never gets, never sees the light of day, unfortunately. I mean, I wrote the best story on Brett Favre you've ever heard, but uh, but that's that's the nature of the business. So, yeah, inside baseball, we do a lot of a lot of work, uh, you know, so that we can get the information out as quickly as possible, and then we update it with what people are saying about it and and some of the details of uh, whether it's a transaction. Uh, in this case, it would be a free agent signing. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we do.
0: All right. Well, Buck North asks, it's well-documented that Jameis Winston has played his worst games at home. He's only won 15 home games since 2015. How much weight does that play in the decision to keep him football is entertainment, but to have the home, has the home crowd been entertained by his play?
1: Aren't you entertained? As they said in the movie, um, Look, I think the biggest thing he said was fifteen wins, no matter where they come, and it's not a lot since two thousand and fifteen at home, to say the very least. So, uh, wins is the thing, right? And and among those, you know, it is strange, and I and it's not, it is a trend that, and I haven't gone back to look and broken down the exact numbers for this podcast, but I think it's I think it's fairly certain that Jameis has thrown more interceptions at home probably than he has on the road. Um, he hasn't won as many games, or hasn't won that many games. Fifteen is not a lot, obviously, since he was drafted. When you consider they play eight of them, or sometimes seven, if they go to England
0: um, at Raymond James Stadium, which that so, six interception game was a home game this past year. Yeah, yes, it was, and and I think,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that counts too, right? Even though it was in England, it was it was a home game, and, and boy, did that disappoint a lot of people. A lot of people made that trek over to England, or, or were already Bucks fans in Europe, which was really interesting. Um, but nonetheless. I think you're, you know you don't you don't break it down that way, but there is an el- there is an element of how do we sell this right? Like the the whole you know the the way you win in the NFL, both at the box office and everywhere else, is to be relevant, right? Is to make the postseason. You have to win games, and so that has to be the first consideration. Can we win games with Jameis Winston? Can we win a Super Bowl? More importantly, with Jameis Winston, can we get to the playoffs? Something we haven't been to in 12 years, those are all the things that your home fans want to enjoy. You know, they will, they would love to see a home playoff game. um, Something that, that hasn't taken place, you know, in a very long time. Uh, They would love to see, um, you know, uh, just, just anything uh, resembling a winning season. And you can't do that if you, if you don't take care of your business at Raymond James stadium. But I, I, I think that, that, that while, you know, the Glazers will have to be convinced of whatever the new plan is if they move away from Jameis Winston. Look, I mean, they're trying to sell tickets, you know, and they're, they're trying to to uh, to entertain you. And, and Jameis is an entertaining quarterback even when he loses. Unfortunately, some of that is, you know, on the opposite side when he, um, you know, throws interceptions and lets teams back in games and has to rally and, and you know, comes close. And sometimes guys mix field goals and you lose. But it's always entertaining. I think he's been he's been worth the price of admission. But I think too many people have walked away from that stadium unhappy, and it's not fair to put it on all on one guy. But if you're asking me, um, you know, does does his home record factor into it? Not specifically. No, um, it's more about the team's record and sort of what they think James can still bring them in terms of wins, not just at home but on the road. Can you know Bruce Arians just said, "I can win with this quarterback, but I can win with another quarterback." So. Um, you know wins is the thing whether they're home or away uh, but if you win your home games you only you know and you go 500 on the road you're going to wind up with a pretty good record and the interesting thing is this has been a pretty good road football team over the years even when Dirk Cutter was here this team has put together you know some decent records five and three a couple times on the road and just haven't been able to match that if you go five and three at home and five and three on the road you know 10 and six gets you in the playoffs many times and of course Um, you know, they've only done that one time, uh, you know, like in the last decade and, and they've only been nine and seven a couple times. So, um, you know, I, I think that the home record is one thing, but overall, is that going to be the determining factor? No, but winning and losing is, and, and, you know, I think they want to excite the fan base and they want to get those people back because if I had to guess, um, the Bucks fan base is probably eroded to around or about the low twenties, maybe even below, uh, 20,000 uh, season ticket holders, which is just not enough really to, uh, you know, to support an NFL team.
0: Easy Rod asked, until last year, Jameis Winston never threw over 18 interceptions. Do you think that Bruce Arians is following his word earlier when he stated he didn't care what Winston did before he was there and just judging him on what he did last year?
1: No, I don't believe that. Uh, I know what he says and it's a good soundbite and, and it will be You'll hear it many other times if they do bring Jameis Winston back that, you know, I don't care what he did before. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, You should care because this is not a first-year quarterback. This is a guy who has played now under, you know, essentially one offensive system until Bruce got here, even though it was three head coaches. Remember, Dirk Cutter was his only coordinator before he became the head coach. So he's had continuity, um, and yet... He didn't get it done. He was still turning the ball over. Now, not to the extent he did last year. I do think there is some validity to the fact that in this offense, because you push the ball down the field so much because, um, you know, you hold the ball and Jameis holds it longer than some for to let routes develop down the field, um, that, that probably in the first year the risk is higher for interceptions. We saw it with Carson Palmer. But I don't know that Jameis Winston is Carson Palmer. I don't know that he's going to go from 22 picks to – you know, uh, getting him in the NFC Championship game in his second year. There's no there's no evidence of that. Um, and I, I know he had never thrown over 18, but you know what? 18 is too damn much when you really think about it uh, for a season. And um, so, you know, I, I think there's some validity to familiarity with the offense is supposed to improve accuracy and decision-making, um, but there's just as much evidence that it doesn't matter what the offense is. Jameis does one thing, and that is – he turns the ball over a lot, when I mean, he does more than one thing. He makes a lot of plays, but he also turns it over a lot. So um, I, I I know what he has said, and he'll continue to say it, and you'll hear it a lot if he comes back, that we expect the second year to be the big growth year for Jameis, and we expect those interceptions to come down, maybe even be cut in half or more, and that would be great. I just don't think you can automatically assume that, and I and, and I don't believe Bruce, Bruce believes that either. I mean, if Jameis were a rookie – Um, you know, his first bite of the apple, so to speak, in the NFL. If he were a guy that just hadn't played at this level and you still didn't know what his game was, that might be different. But every tape you put on from the time he's a rookie, even going back maybe his last year at Florida State, we know he takes chances. We know that he puts the ball in harm's way, and we know he turns it over. And it doesn't seem like it matters what scheme he's in or what head coach he has. I I think that's been the constant. So, no, I, I don't buy it. Um, I think you'll continue to hear it, and if he does come back, I do, however, think the interceptions will go down. I don't think you'll see him throw thirty again, and you know why? Because he won't get that chance. If he starts throwing picks next year, he'll he will not play, um, you know, seventeen games or whatever they, they decide in the new CBA. He'll be out of there. He'll be out of there quickly, so you won't see him throw as many next year. But it doesn't mean that he'll also be the starting quarterback the entire season.
0: Simon asked hasn't Bruce Arians basically made his decision regarding Jameis Winston with his recent comments how can the team and franchise be behind him with those statements and what's it going to take for continuity at the Bucs
1: well I mean they had some continuity um they've had it with the general manager they've had it with the offensive coordinator up until this year Um, certainly they've had a lot of head coaches but Jameis has had continuity I don't know if he's made his decision um I think he has leanings. I, I think that, you know, when he says he wants to look behind door number two, I think we should believe him. And, you know, and I've always contrasted it with what he said about Shaq Barrett. You know, Shaq Barrett, oh, he ain't going nowhere. Well, really? Well, how, well what does that mean? Well, it means that I ain't letting him out of the building. We'll franchise him if we have to. I mean, that's the only way you can keep Shaq Barrett from going anywhere. To be able to make that kind of a statement, you've got to be willing to use your franchise tag on him. With Jameis Winston, it's always been, well, we can win with him, but we win with somebody else too, and let's see what's behind door number two. Let's see who makes it to free agency. Well, that would indicate that you're willing to roll the dice and let him go out and become a free agent. When you do that, there's no guarantee you're going to get him back. So those are two different stances. And when I asked Arians about it, he said, yeah, well, one guy led the NFL in sacks with 19 and a half. The other guy um, did some really nice things that were really great. But he also, you know, had 33 interceptions and um, or 30 interceptions. I got called on this earlier today. 30 interceptions and five lost fumbles, um, and, and that's just the reality. So, you know, it's 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 really tough. I mean, I think he knows what he wants to do. If you gave him a scenario and you said Tom Brady is willing to come to the Bucks, what do you do? I think in that case, Arians had said, "We got Tom Brady. Let's let's have a press conference." Um, you know, if it comes down to Jameis Winston, but at what price? And I think I think that's a big factor because they want to get back their defense. And you know, Jameis Winston at say twenty one million dollars that he made last year might be more tolerable than Jameis Winston at the franchise tag of twenty seven or upwards of thirty guaranteed for multiple years, as you would expect maybe his agents or or representatives to want. And and those are those are different. Deals, right? Those are different scenarios. Are you better off, for example, and these are the questions that Arians has to ask himself. Are you better off with another quarterback, maybe for lesser money, but you retain your ability to get Jason Pierre-Paul and Ndamukong Su and Shaq Barrett all back together um, and get a guy that, that maybe not be the playmaker that Jameis is, but also be a guy who won't make the mistakes. And now your defense is not put in bad pitch positions, you really like your secondary, you like your front seven, and maybe you don't have to score 35 or 38 points a game to win. That that would be Teddy Bridgewater or Ryan Tannehill or more of a game manager, a guy that can make plays but may not make the dynamic down the field throws that you see from Winston, might just do it a little different way. Um, that's what I believe he knows. I believe he knows, you give me the scenario, I'll tell you who I'm taking. And I think that Winston is in all those scenarios. I think there are scenarios where... He would take Winston over certain players. But, again, am I just getting the quarterback back or am I getting some of my other players as well with him? Because just to get Jameis back and to bl- eviscerate the defense and have no chance of winning because you can't stop anybody, that's, that's a recipe for disaster too, particularly if you have a quarterback that's going to put that defense in a bad position. So they want to try to thread the needle here, and um, I do think he knows what he wants to do. I have sensed, in my mind anyway, that he would, he would like to move on if he could find the right person. But I also don't think he's ruled out Winston just yet, and, and I don't know how he could because Winston is one of those free agents just like potentially a lot of other guys would be. The only ones we know right now are Phillip Rivers, who I never really sensed you know, Bruce Arians is, is that high on, um, that he would be at the top of his free agent list. And then Bridgewater, who I who I believe he does like. In fact, he has said as much. He said as much last year after the New Orleans game, when Teddy threw for three hundred and four touchdowns against him. So he said he thought he should be a starter in this league. I'm going to take Bruce Arians at his word. I think if you don't, you do so with your own peril. All
0: right, Mark says, I'm not a big Jameis guy, but if a quarterback similar to Jameis, say Philip Rivers or Matt Stafford, was running the same offense that Jameis was running last year. Would they also have had high passing touchdown stats and high interceptions?
1: Well, I don't I don't know about uh about Stafford. I mean, both those guys have thrown interceptions. Obviously, Rivers had a really bad year. I think he was third in the league in interceptions a year ago. And so, you know, he's he's had some big years with with a lot of picks. Um the offense is is definitely a factor, you know, when you when you take shots down the field, those are low percentage throws. A lot of things can happen. Balls can get tipped up in the air. Um, you know, players have longer time to break on the football. Yeah, you know, you, you can face a lot of pressure. I think the biggest thing that happens is that the quarterback has to stand in there and take the hit. And, you know, depending on how quickly he has to get rid of it and from what platform, is he running to his right? Is he trying to avoid the rush? You know, uh, the ball, um, you know, may not come out right. And so, um, I think I think the offense requires precision and requires you getting the ball out of your hand and and um, you know so certain players like Rivers who hasn't always been that accurate uh, might have had uh, similar numbers maybe not thirty I mean thirty that's that's a big number Stafford I think could could probably play without putting the ball in, in his harm's way I, I don't know that you can say that you can't just make a blanket statement that well you know it's the offense you big dummy and anybody would have that many picks. I don't think that's true. Now, the guys he mentioned might have a few, um, but, but I don't think you just assume that uh, because you're in Bruce Arians' offense, you know, you're know you going to throw a lot of interceptions. So um, it is a factor. There's no question it's a high-risk offense. It's, it's, it's based on uh, down-the-field throws, but I, I just don't think you assume that, that every player would have had or would have struggled with protecting the football.
0: John asked, any thoughts on the real catalyst for the change at quarterback for the Bucks being Matt Gay? If he makes just a few more along the season and at least one against Atlanta, there's no pick six in overtime, and the Bucks are bringing him back, at least cautiously. I know that sounds like a cop out, but Bruce Arians was a very different sounding guy after the Falcons game that Gay missed three kicks in. The kicker may have played a big part in how things seem to be going now.
1: Yeah, I mean no no question it's a team game, you know. I mean that's the, and you know for that matter, I mean, Jameis, some of his turnovers resulted in no points during the year. What do you say then? Do you say, well, Jameis was lucky to only throw 30 interceptions because, um, or, or give up 112 points off turnovers because he could have given up 150 if the defense didn't stiffen and hold him to a field goal? I mean, that's the it's the ultimate team game. And, and the quarterback position, as we have said many times, is the most dependent position on the football field. He cannot take the snap drop back, set up, locate his receivers, read the defense and make an accurate step into a throw unless, you know, all 10 other guys are doing their jobs. I mean, it only takes just one one guy not to win and the whole play is screwed up because it's hard to get guys open in this league. It's hard to, um, you know, to make splash plays. And so, um, yes, uh, it is true that Matt Gay, um, you know, against uh oh who was it uh they were playing not just the Atlanta game where he missed a bunch of field goals but also was the second game of the year where he, oh the um, Giants not Sam, the Giants game that's the one I was trying to think of the Giants game they, they had the Giants and and even after squandering that away uh Jameis Winston you know goes down the field gets him in field goal range spikes the ball then the sideline screws up they take a delay of game penalty and they You know, push it back for a 34-yard field goal that he missed. And, you know, I don't know what else Jameis could have done, you know, in that game. Oh, except this. If he hadn't turned it over like he did in that football game, maybe they don't need Matt Gay's football or Matt Gay's field goal. You know, and that's the thing. Like, you can always focus on one play, and the kicker is uh, the obvious one because he's out there by himself as a specialist, and his job is to make it or not. Uh, and very often that's what the NFL comes down to, but there's 65 plays on offense or so every game. And you can look at any one turnover, a drop pass here, uh, a miss block there, uh, and, and you've got problems, right? And so, yeah, Matt Gay cost them some games, but in those same games, Jameis Winston made bad throws. Uh, and, and that might've put his defense in a bad position and that might've led to, uh, you know, the giants scoring and, uh, You know, the the Giants, (laughs) I still can't believe that, you know, with a rookie quarterback, they were able to do what they did, and then they went and lost, I think, like 10 in a row after Mm -hmm. that. They weren't a good football team. And remember the one time where Daniel Jones runs it in, and uh, he could still be running, you know, to Ocala by now because there was nobody within, you know, 10 yards on any any direction. I mean, it was just a a defensive lapse. But uh, those things happen with a young defense. And... Um, did Jameis play well enough to win? Ultimately, no, because he didn't win. But he put them in a position a couple times to win the game, and they couldn't do it. Uh, it's just, you know, and, and you do have to be careful, you know, how much blame. But I'll say this, too. If your last impression, if you're Bruce Arians, and, you know, the last two games, you know, he has a couple of touchdowns and four interceptions, and, and, and the last thing you see is a walk-off pick six, right, in overtime, Man, that that sticks with you, man. I mean, Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians is used to winning. You know, he's won everywhere he's been. Predominantly, he's as uh, coordinator, a head coach. He's won coach of the year two times, and he he was hired here for a lot of money and got to bring all of his coaches and then some. Uh, and he, you know, he 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 was hired to win. I mean, people keep forgetting. It's like this is not about developing a quarterback's career so he can make a hundred million dollars. This is about winning. Okay. And Bruce Arians' job performance is based on, you know, whether he wins seven games or he wins ten games. And if he thinks his quarterback cost him three games and they should have won ten games, well, then you know what? You might want to change the quarterback. I mean, that, you know, he's looking after himself too, and he's looking after what's best for the football team. And is the team good enough in other areas to win if not for, um, you know, their failure to protect the ball? And It's not that Jameis isn't a good player, but, but remember that Arians cares about his job, too. And, you know, he can't replace 53 guys, but he can replace the guy who handles the ball on every snap. And I just don't know how he feels about it. I I sense that he'd like to move on with the right guy. I don't know that there is the right guy out there for him. I think he believes he can win with Jameis, and I think if they come back together that, you know, both, both sides will make every effort to uh, – you know, to 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 make the improvement from year one to year two that they need to make, but um, yeah, I mean Bruce, you know, it, it, he wants to win, and so if you you know, do you blame the quarterback? Not totally, but you know, and look, they've changed kickers too. Kickers have have cost a lot of coaches jobs around here, and if Matt Gay doesn't start making field goals next year, he'll be out. But it's a team game, and. I just think that the quarterback's always going to get the attention because of how important he is in this league. Just look who wins Super Bowls. So um, I, I, I think it's too simplistic to just you know point to a field goal kicker or somebody else. I think Jameis is, knows what that position is about and has to protect the football, and he's said it for five years now. I've heard him say it after every game. I've got to do a better job of protecting the football.
0: So in summary, you cannot blame the curse of Matt Bryant for Jameis's 30 interceptions last year.
1: No, although I would blame the curse of my <laughs> Matt Bryant for the 10 years of, of, no playoffs. I mean, I'm a big believer in that. I, I don't, I mean the kicking thing, we could do a whole show and probably have on, on the kicking thing. It, it is, it, it gets every franchise. It's like one of those deals where you either have one or you're looking for one sort of like quarterbacks in a way, but when they go bad, they go really bad, you know? And it's, it's just confounded this franchise like no other. And it, and it, it can trace back to Matt Bryan at minimum, although Matt's now out of the league. But, um, man, you just, you know, you hate to see uh, them have to invest that many draft picks and, and, and have so many restarts. But, look, a lot of teams struggle with that area. So um, you just got to, you know, keep trying to find
0: them. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news, who gives the Bucks a better chance to win the Super Bowl in Tampa next year? Jameis Winston or Teddy Bridgewater?
1: Well, who are they playing? <laughs> I don't know. Um I, I think it's a ridiculous question because I don't think the Bucks are gonna play in the Super Bowl next year. That's just me. Um I'm a glass half empty guy on that. But listen, tell me what okay, years okay. To look,
0: who gives the Bucks a better chance to win a playoff game next year. Yeah better James chance. Jameis Winston to win. or Teddy Bridgewater. know.
1: Well, I, I, would, I would say tell me how they play, and if you're going to go based on past performance, and you know Bridgewater um, started five games last year. He hasn't played a lot of football since he left Minnesota. He was out two years with that devastating knee injury. Uh, he's still a young guy. He's still 27 years old. The way Bridgewater plays the game, right, um, is a way in which he's not going to lose the game for you. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to win it for you either, but you're, he's going to give your ch- your team a chance to win every game and if you lose it probably won't be because he threw the game away you know he won't be the number one reason that you're going to lose a football game he's going to get the ball out he's going to get it to the guys in the playmaker's hands and he's going to know what to do with it and he's a good leader and you know he leads a different way but uh, i think he's a capable quarterback can he sustain that for 16 17 weeks I don't know because he hasn't been in that position since he was a very young football player before the knee injury. You know, Jameis, as we've said, I mean, he's got Patrick Mahomes' like ability on some plays, right? Like he can, he can, he can make throws in tight windows down the field that other quarterbacks just can't make. You just, you know, his good, his good is as good as anybody in the league. You know, show me a quarterback at the at the top of their game and show me Jameis at the top of his game. And you, he'll match throws with anybody. He real. He can. He's a great thrower of the football. Um, he can make huge plays, and and that gets him in trouble sometimes because he thinks he can make every play. But I I don't. The answer is. I think it depends on your total team because do you get Jameis back at twenty eight or thirty million a year? Well, and and don't have JPP and don't have Indomicon Sue or don't have Shaq Barrett. I would say, give me Bridgewater with all those guys, right? Like that's that's sort of the calculus here. It's not necessarily. Do you do you think? Do you really think? Do you really think that Jameis Winston is not as good a quarterback as Teddy Bridgewater? The answer to that for most people might be hell no. Teddy's not as good as Jameis. However, in this situation, who can help you win football games now um, with the team that you have coming back or potentially could bring back? Because you got a quarterback that's that's not going to eat up you know a lot of your salary cap, and you know that's that's the different calculus. So I don't think I don't think it's an you know you can present it as an either or, but it's really not that simple, you know, because I I think the fear with Jameis is that we're going to lose some free agents um, by bringing him back at the price that he w- he wants. We just say this is what it, this is what he's telling us it takes to come back and play quarterback here, and we don't want to pay it. Um, because we'll lose this, we'll lose the core of our defense. That's different than saying oh, we think Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback. You understand what I mean? Like it's not, it's not an absolute. We're not having a throwing contest. We're not having, um, you know, a beauty contest. Who looks the part better? You know, because because Winston would win it every time. Uh, he's got a better arm. You know, he's charismatic as hell. Uh, you know, he um, he looks the part. He's right out of central casting. He works his ass off. All that, all that's good. Uh, but you know what? Bridgewater does it a little different way. And he's had to overcome some things. And because of that, he can't do everything that, that Jameis can do. Um, but does that mean he can't win as many games? Not necessarily, because he's going to do it a different way. I mean, we we watched, and, and it's a good debate whether a game manager, you know, a Brad Johnson that won the Super Bowl here for the Bucks, whether he could do that now, you know, or do you need a guy that can absolutely rip it you know, and bringing you back the way Patrick Mahomes did? It's a fair question. I mean, you know, you can't cover receivers like you used to. Uh, but but I think that, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks. And, and, and the people that, you know, get on Bridgewater's arm strength, all I'll say is go back and watch the tape. You know, go back and watch the game that he played against the Bucks, against their secondary and their front seven. Granted, the secondary wasn't playing that great back then. But those weren't easy throws. You know, those, those throws were down the field. They were 20, 30 yards. You rarely see a quarterback put the ball in the air for more than 30, 35 yards at a time anyway. Um, but if you go back and watch him, he was accurate. He had some zip on him. He stepped into him. Um, you know, so there's a lot of ways to get it done. He certainly got it done that day. He certainly so showed enough arm strength to beat them. Why then would Bruce Arians think that he doesn't have enough arm strength to win against other teams? He was 5-0. and oh last year and it wasn't all him I mean they played a different game Sean Payton called it a different way um so there's no absolutes I I I don't think it's fair to present the question that way I'm not trying to I'm not trying to cop out I just think that you could make an argument that as much as people don't want Bridgewater or don't think he's the quarterback that Jameis is that the team itself could be better off particularly if it's going to cost you more money to get Jameis Winston and cost you players on defense as a result of
0: it. Scott wrote us and said, I think we should start another rumor and see how far it goes. I heard it from a friend who heard it from another friend who heard it from some dude in a bar that Tim Tebow's on his way to Tampa. Your thoughts?
1: (laughs) Thank you, Rario Speedwagon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Heard it from a friend who, heard it from a friend who, Heard it from another. Tim Tebow's messing around. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, We can't be talking about (laughs) Tim Tebow. What are we talking about, Tim Tebow? You can't be serious. Uh, Please. Tim Tebow would be a great answer to any question that has to do with the XFL uh, or a great solution for any team in the XFL. I'm not sure he's going to do it here. But if that's what it takes to get people off the same Winston train, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to throw it out there. (laughs) What the hell? Tim Tebow to the Bucks? Everybody else, look, it's that kind of, it's, you know, what happens is when you have this much time and no solution because nothing can really happen, there's a couple of things holding, the, holding it up. One is the CBA, right? One is if they, if they pass this thing before the 12th, are you going to have one franchise tag or one franchise and one transition player tag? If they pass it, then you only have one tag. If they don't, you have two. That's a, that's a big equation in this thing, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, while the Bucks may not want to, you know, maybe they have to franchise Shaq Barrett to keep him here because they can't reach an agreement with him. Maybe he's just like, well, you know what? We've tried. We can't get a long-term deal with Shaq Barrett. We're not in, we're not in agreement. I'm going to franchise the guy. It's a lot easier to do that if you can then use a transition tag on Jameis Winston because the transition tag is the average salary of the top 10 players of your position, not the top not the top five. So you go from 27 million, maybe back down, you know, to around 22, 21 million, which is close to what he's making last year. That's a different equation, right? So, I mean, that, that's, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, you know, when you get to free agency, because Tom Brady can't be tagged it, once you, once you get to March 16th, um, you know, what's the landscape look like? Who, who went back to their team? Did Ryan Tannehill go back? Uh, did Brady go to Oakland? Is Derek Carr available through a trade? Who's going to get Andy Dalton? There's just there's a number of of sort of you know dominoes that have to fall that start with Brady. So you know it's just it's just not that simple. Um, you know you wish you you wish this were over. <laughs> you wish you could just you know talk about Tim Tebow. But that's why we're talking about every quarterback right now. Uh, everybody but Tebow because any of these combinations are still possible and they will be. Right until my prediction, which I haven't given yet, um, I'll, well I'll handicap this thing. I would say that there's a better than seventy percent chance that Tom Brady goes back to New England, and I would say the other team that he's most likely to go to is is the Titans, um, and I don't know that the Bucks are in the top three, but it would to me it's either going to be the Patriots or the Titans. That's that's what I believe, and I think, at the end of the day, it'll probably be the Patriots. And if it is, then a lot of guys are going to quickly reach for their quarterbacks and say, "We love you," and throw their arms around them. And we we never thought about leaving you at all. You know, uh, Tannehill will be back with the Titans, and um, you know you'll you'll see a lot of that going on. Maybe Winston comes back to the Bucks, but that uh, you know, until we know that, until we get to March 16th, or or unless Brady just says, you know what. I'm I'm sticking. He can sign right now with the Patriots if he wants to. I mean, he's still all these guys are still technically under contract with their teams until until the 18th. I know there's a legal tampering period, but the new league year doesn't begin until 4 p.m. on the 18th. So, you know, there was a there was a picture of um, of Jameis Winston at a doctor's office rehabbing his knee, and Bobby Slater was there, the Bucks trainer. They went, "Aha! Look at that, Bobby Slater at another doctor's office and his trainer with Jameis." They must be concerned. They must be wanting to see how that knee is doing or how how he's getting along. That must mean he's coming back. Not necessarily. Slow your roll. Um, the Bucks, you know, have a duty to make sure that all their players are healthy, even the ones that are going to become free agents And until the 17th, they are Buccaneers. I mean, Jameis Winston is mm-hmm. a Buccaneer today. He can't talk to anybody. Um, and so, you know. Uh, you want to get those guys healthy whether they go on and play somewhere else that's that's sort of their responsibility he got hurt playing for them so all his you know medical they're going to monitor and and make sure that he has every opportunity to rehab that thing and they're going to they're going to supervise it and so that he gets the best training you know the best advice he can get um so yeah that's that's the way that is that's all i got to say about that but it's it's a it's a good question you know unfortunately we're just going to have to keep talking about quarterbacks until uh, at least until March 12th or March
0: 16th. Well, we'll switch positions now, and Ali asks, mm-hmm. Would the Bucks be crazy to go for a running back with their first pick? A new mock has them picking Jonathan Taylor. If all the elite offensive linemen are gone by 14, who do you think the Bucs should draft?
1: I've seen that. I know uh, Scott Reynolds of Peter Report uh, did his mock, and he had Jonathan Taylor. I think I've seen him with some others. I I, I would say this. It would depend on, you know, there's probably about four or five offensive tackles um that could go even before number fourteen and But if the bucks have an opportunity to get one of these offensive tackles then i would I would say that they should probably go that route just because of the value of the position but you could argue, and I think it's a you know it's it beauty's in the eye of the beholder on this one, but I also don't think it's too far fetched to say. If you've got a special player, if you've got a guy um that you think's gonna pull on a gold jacket one day at running back, then and you have a need for one. Running back for the Bucks is probably about the third need down the board, I would think, after offensive line. Maybe you could argue defensive line since Sue is getting up there in age and they have Vita Vea, but nobody else and or or and or edge rusher, you know, an outside linebacker type in case you lose. JPP or, or or Shaq Barrett or whatnot, um, but running back is is pretty high because as much as they you know I think they gave it up a little bit at the combine talking about Ronald Jones It's like yeah you know he we really like Ronald we we you know he did some nice things and boy he erased that horrible rookie year, um, but then there was the yeah but and, it, and the yeah but was but you really want a guy who can play all three downs you know you really want a guy who can catch the ball doesn't have to come off the field. That can that can block when he needs to block, uh, and that still gives you explosive runs. That guy is Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is an impressive individual first and foremost. But he rushed for over six thousand yards in college. I mean, you know, and then then you say, well, how much wear and tear is there on the tires? Well, he didn't look didn't look bad. I mean, he had Saquon Barkley like numbers, right? When you look at a guy as big as he is at two hundred twenty five pounds, and he ran a Saquonish four point four one forty and he's a great kid and he's got great hands and can can catch the ball, uh, can block, can do all those things. You need him to never come off the field. A special running back can change your franchise. Uh, you know, most of the running backs in the Hall of Fame, there's a reason why they were drafted in the first round, the vast majority of them. So if you think Jonathan Taylor is special, um, or any other running back for that matter, and I think it starts probably with Taylor at 14 If if, if you're going to take – a running back that high, that's who we're talking about. We're not talking about Cam Akers necessarily or, you know, P. Ryan or somebody like that from Florida, uh, maybe a Swift from Georgia. But at 14, I think you're talking about Jonathan Taylor. Could I see them doing that? I could. Yeah, I saw another I mock think, that
0: had Swift to the Bucks at 14.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen because I, I don't – I think they also feel like this, and, and this will be also a tell. You
0: know, the goal of free agency
1: is to try to cover yourself at all positions so that you're not – Sort of like reaching for somebody that you know mm-hmm. that you that you don't need in the first round. So if they go out, say, and you know they obtain a good running back, let's say they make a trade uh, for David Johnson, or David Johnson gets cut by the Cardinals, or and they pick up part of the salary, whatever. Let's say David Johnson comes here in free agency. You're probably less likely to draft a running back mm-hmm. in the first round. You know, or if they On sign the other offensive hand, lineman
0: put, in free agency,
1: say, Yeah, and then that that affects obviously that affects what. You know, if Conklin or somebody like that comes out and they sign them to a big contract, um, you know, because uh, Tennessee can't keep everybody, then, then you know, all of a sudden now you go, okay, that's less of a need. So now, now we're in a better position to get a franchise running back. I think they get one, whether it's in the first, second, or third round. I mean, I, I, I've written about, um, you know, Clyde um, Edwards uh, Hilaire from the LSU. Uh, who did run very well, he ran like a four six, but we 'll see if he improves that on his pro day, but he 's a guy that can do everything you know maybe they get him in the second round, maybe there's some guys in the third. I think they're going to get a running back at some point. I also think they're going to draft a quarterback, and you know that's the other question you know what if a quarterback that you didn't expect to fall is staring at you i I don't think that's going to be the case, you know um, I could see them taking one on the second or third day though
0: well and that and, may depend uh, and but it may depend on who they sign. Who their quarterback is for this year. I mean, if, if you're signing... No question. You're signing... Jameis for say, one year. Yeah, James, yeah, or Tom Brady, which, you know, maybe it's a two-year deal, but two years, you know in yeah. a year or two you're going to need another quarterback, then That's right. you may prioritize that higher than if you sign Teddy Bridgewater to a five-year deal.
1: That's exactly right. you got a 27-year-old to a multi-year or you got Tom Brady for two and you want to develop a guy, maybe even take a guy as low as the third or fourth round and say, we're going to give you two, two, three years before we need you to be the starter. Maybe a Jalen Hurts or somebody like that. So, yeah, it's all a sliding scale. But but I'm, I'm starting to hear more about the running back, and it, it's good, solid speculation. They can change your team. Certainly Saquon Barkley did. Um, mm-hmm. I think Taylor will. But, you know, it's a high injury you know, uh, position, and it's low volume. I mean, in terms of, like, you're probably not going to get to a second contract with this guy. You know, I know they signed, re-signed Zeke. I don't know that I would have if I was a Dallas Cowboys. My theory on running backs is take them, use the hell out of them, Use them up for, five, in this case, five years because you'd have a fifth-year option. And then when they're done, especially a guy that ran for 6,000 yards as a as a college player, I'm on to the next guy. I mean, that's just my theory. It sounds cold, but that's that's sort of what I would do. Thanks for your questions. You can always send us uh, mailbag questions. You don't have to wait for an episode to do that. Just send them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address, is rstrout at Tampa Bay.com. Busy weekend, of course, in sports, especially with the Tampa Bay teams. The Lightning playing the Bruins and then the Red Wings on Saturday and Sunday, back-to-back on the road for the Bolts. The Vipers are all the way on the West Coast in Los Angeles for a Sunday night game at 9 p.m. It won't be Chris Collins worth sliding into uh, Al Michaels, but it'll be a Sunday night game. That's kind of cool. The Rays continue their spring training. We're less than three weeks away from opening day. Can you believe that? as Major League Baseball is back. And uh, we're just days away, six as a matter of fact, from the March 12th deadline where teams can apply the vaunted franchise player tag. Will Shaq Barrett get it? James Winston can hardly wait. So have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back to talk to you about all of that on Monday. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great weekend.